right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. And Noah, we got we got a new name for the podcast now. Yeah, um, exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. Doesn't really affect the quality of our podcast. So gonna no, be... we, we do have new audio gear though too. That is true. So that, that will true. affect the quality. We'll probably have a new intro song we're going to do. And this is the second week we record on Zoom. Yeah, second week we're doing Zoom. We did Zoom with uh, Anthony a couple weeks ago. Um, that yeah. was a great episode. But, yeah, lots of changes coming to the podcast. Um, name change, same Twitter account, different Twitter handle. Um, so we'll, we'll have a new profile picture, new cover photo up at some point. But uh, same podcast, just different name. But uh, how you doing this week? I'm good. Uh, just get all, getting settled in in New York. Um, great, great to be back. Great to be here. Um, but it's been it's been a, quite a quite a week for the world of sports. It it really has. I mean, so much going on. Uh, we we had planned this week originally. We were gonna talk very in depth about the Panthers and their off season and what that might look like. And we'll get into that later in the in the episode a little bit. We probably won't spend too much time on it anymore. Um, but with everything going on, um, we, we have to talk about it. Um, first, uh, the NBA players boycott. Some of the MLB teams boycott. And then that first night, the NHL goes on as planned before uh, boycotting games uh, for Thursday and Friday and coming back today. Uh, so what are your thoughts on all of this uh, and the players using their platform? Um, it was interesting. Um, it, and I really think we have to highlight the fact that it was a player-led boycott. This wasn't the NHL saying, okay, like we're postponing. This was the NHLPA agreeing that there has to be, that something has to be done. And they they initiated the boycott. Um, I, I kind of wish we had seen more from the NHL. Just yeah. in terms of you, especially comparing to the NBA, which is the, the other sport that's in a bubble right now, is we heard about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, having a phone call with the Wisconsin Attorney General. You know, yeah. we... Barack Obama and LeBron James talking to each other, Colin Kaepernick, you know, there, there was a lot around that. And the NHL, I, I didn't get that sense at all. Well, yeah, well, like starting off, you know, um, it was Wednesday and your basketball, they all postponed their games. The MLB, most of them, I think, were postponed. I think two postponed. I think two Two MLB teams postponed. WNBA right postponed. They did a, you know, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did a really good job there. 
And then the NHL, they do, you know, a moment of reflection, right? Which is typical NHL with regards to how they usually approach these things. Um, they're usually, when it comes to social issues, they're usually, you know, the last of the party. Um, and so, like, I'm disappointed, but not, you know, it's not surprising to me at this point. Yeah, I agree. But here's the thing. Um, so the first game, because there was a back-to-back that day, it was a game at three, which started before everything in the NBA happened. Yeah, because the NBA game was at three. And that was the Islanders versus Philadelphia game. Philly won in overtime. A 3 nothing comeback by the Islanders. Very impressive. So... They couldn't have done anything, all right? Then the next game was at, do you know what time, 7? Oh, I, 7, I'll I don't know, seven eight. Or 8. Yeah, it was later at night for sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the NHL, there's a policy where players can't be on social media for like two hours prior to the game. Uh, I believe so. Or at least there's something in, in that. So by, uh, the time, by the time all the NBA stuff was official, guys didn't really have a sense of what was going on, I think. See, I, I disagree with that, though, because, like, the, let's say the game was at 8, right? The NBA, the players start boycotting at 3. That was the Milwaukee No, I think game. it was 4.15. 4.15 was when it was, like, really – official that they were not going to play that it was a boycott because at first there was a lot of speculation and Milwaukee was did not communicate it no and it it happened during the NHL game because I remember switching from the NHL to the NBA it it happened after like the first period of the first game I think oh yeah first first game completely understand but the second game like I think there's definitely time there to, to do something, right? And, like, the NHL, it, like, they're, a, they're doing, like, a moment of reflection, right? Let's say, let's say they do, they do um, have, they, they do know about it before they play their game. It's a rushed decision. Milwaukee's been talking about this for probably at least 24 or 48 hours. Then you're giving these NHL teams a couple hours at most to go through all this very, very heavy subject, subject material. But it's, it's, to it's, me, it's like, I, I think it's, it's so irrelevant whether, you know, the, the time frame of it, like there was zero chance, regardless of what they know and what they don't know of the NHL not playing games that day. It's a really, I think there was, really tough situation. It's a really tough situation, but I think it, it almost makes no like there was no doubt in my mind. Like when you hear that Milwaukee's boycotting, you hear that the NBA they're postponing games. Like there was no doubt in my mind the NHL wasn't going to do anything that night, regardless of what people know, what they don't know. There just was so, zero chance. In your opinion, should it be done by the NHL? Or the NHLPA? 
I, I just the way hockey culture is, there was no way players were gonna say that night we're not playing. They're just it's in my mind. Like and was, I would argue that in, in hockey's culture, there's no way that Gary Bettman says we're not playing. No, absolutely not. But like in but you talk about that and then you look at the MLB and about the same time frame as the hockey, like there were some MLB games that they did not play. There were some that did, there's some that didn't. But that was players. Players chose. Oh, player let in both leagues. Player driven in both leagues. But those players, like there was no way hockey players to me were going to say we're not playing tonight. Yeah, and 100%, that little moment of silence slash tribute thing. Terrible. So underwhelming. Well, it's just, yeah, it just comes off as really disingenuous. Exactly. Right? And really forced and really poorly done. And it just reflects poorly on the league. Like, I'd rather them almost do nothing at that point, wait a day, and then do something versus rush that, whatever that was. Yeah, I I agree with that. It, I don't even know if there was a moment of silence in Edmonton. Uh, they didn't have one for the uh, the, the first, the, the first game. The Dallas-Colorado game. Didn't have one. Did not have one. And that was the only game in Edmonton that day. Yeah. That's the, disappointing to me. Yeah. I did like – well, it's disappointing, but it's also like I don't really care about the like moment of reflection, to be honest. like. But it's better than nothing. I don't think it is. Really? I think it's a bit insulting. Like, to be honest, like to do that, like, it just is not well done, right? Like, Yeah, that they, they're aware that there's an issue and they're choosing just to do this minimal – it yeah. says a lot. Yeah, and, and the big thing for me is like, you see on social media um, a lot of members of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and they are – and this actually goes across all sports, right? You just see the, the frustration of these athletes of just not being heard, right? It, it, it... Of having all these issues and all these problems, and they want something to be done, and it's not – and the fact, the fact that none of the big members of the HDA were still in the bubble, I think hurts a lot to that. Because we're talking about, namely, the two main people I heard of slash saw about was um, Evander Kane and Matt Dumba. Yeah, neither are there. Neither are there. I mean, Evander Kane didn't even make it to the bubble in the first place. Yeah, it wasn't even close. But and like the and the thing is, you look at that, and you contrast the the on Thursday the press conferences held by both bubbles, right? And there's one bubble where you have guys like Pierre Edward Belmore, Nazem Kadri, and Ryan Reeves, right? And you see all the players that are out there, you know, showing their support. Like, I think every player was there for that press conference. And then you look at the Eastern bubble where it's a representative from every team. I don't get how nobody kneels for the anthem in the NHL. In my opinion, I mean, the anthems are just, why? First of all, as a viewer on TV, don't show me the anthems. I'm not going to stand up in my living room. I just, like, you, you hear it so often, especially now when you're watching, you know, maybe 
four or five sporting events a day. Well, you know, you hear these anthems all the time. And it's like, it's not like an international competition. You have athletes from everywhere. I mean, what is the point? I, but, yeah, I don't, I don't get the point of the anthems, especially on TV. In person, I, maybe. But they're not relevant to the game. No, but it's interesting. I was thinking about that like the other day, like other than sporting events, watching on TV and being there, like when else do you really hear the anthems? Like never, Mm -hmm. you know, but I thought about that. uh, I'm curious to know here before, you know, we move on and we'll talk about the series. Um, what are your thoughts about the people who say, you know, we don't need politics in sport? I think that's so stupid. I, I, the way I see it is sport is a platform. And if you notice that something's very wrong in society, there's no other platform better than sport to convey a message. Yeah. Right? And- and the reality is, is that sport has and will always be inherently political, right? Like this isn't something that's, you know, brand new, just happening now. Like, you know, you have Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. You have Muhammad Ali denouncing the Vietnam War. Like sport has always had a political element because... The point is in the national anthems. Yeah. If you don't want it to be political, you got to get rid of those. Yeah, so it's like they always have had that political element and they always will have that because these aren't, you know, yes, they're athletes, but, you know, they're people too. And, you know, I think the the one quote that I really liked was like from Sean Doolittle, who's like, you know, sport is like, you know, a luxury of like a functioning society, right? Mm -hmm. This entertainment, you know, it's, it's a luxury that when things are going well, you can have, and it's not, it's not what's happening right now. And so I think, I think Brand Marchand had a really good quote about it too. Um, I don't remember it exactly, but I, it, it struck me. It was, it was very good. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Jackie Robinson because Chadwick Boseman died yesterday. Yeah, that was Jackie, crazy. On Jackie Robinson day. Yeah. I mean, nuts. Um, But definitely. And if we're going back to baseball, I don't know if you you had a chance and we're kind of going back to the whole, well, the NHL didn't postpone their games on Wednesday. If you if you look at um, I don't know if you saw it. um, The Mets were playing the Marlins. Oh, yeah, they did for they did the 42 second. Yeah. And so before the game. Brody Van Wagen, who's the um, GM of the Mets, was caught on hot mic. Um, oh, yeah. Basically just saying, you know, like Jeff Wilpon, who's the COO of the Mets and the son of Fred Wilpon, who's the owner of the Mets, uh, basically saying that Jeff Wilpon and Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB, basically told him, listen, go out at 710 then go back to your dugout and then go back out at 8:10 and play the game that 
and I'm pretty sure there's uh, Jeff said that they just can't afford to not play the game logistically. Yeah. And, and you look at that and it's like, I don't even know how Rob Manfred could still have a job after that. That doesn't make any sense. There has to be an investigation. Uh, yeah. sort. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if he as a GM can step up like that, why didn't anybody in the NHL? Yeah. Even uh, if Gary Bettman said, like, no, we're playing. You, like, I don't, I don't even know if the players were polled as to whether or not they wanted to play that night. I think, um, I think, I want to say Colorado, I think was close. And then I know when it came to like actually postponing games the next day that that was, uh, yeah. that Vancouver was a big factor in that and that a lot of them had reached out to Ryan Reeves. Um, yeah. And I know Elaine Vigneault did not have a great quote after the game on Wednesday. Yeah. Saying he had like no idea what was going on. Yeah. That's. I, I don't even understand that. Like, he, Elaine Vigneault has not come out of these playoffs with a better image of himself, that's for sure. No. In my opinion. Um, that being said, there was a platform to do something, and the NHL missed out on Wednesday night, which isn't new. No. I wouldn't expect the NHL to be front runners or no no and that's a big part of the issue yeah but that like that just is the expectation which is sad but Mm -hmm. like you know i wasn't expecting them to cancel games that night no no like and it was so like i remember we're you know i'm at home with you know our, our, our roommates here and we're watching the the dallas colorado game we had it on and there's just, you know, you're going through Twitter and you're seeing everything that's going on, right? Keeping up to date. And also there's a hurricane going on too. Which, so it's just like, you're just scrolling through this news, right? And then, you know, you look up and it's the intermission and it's like Tyler Sagan and there he's like talking about like dump-ins. And it just felt like so out of place and so, you know, weird and unnatural that he's just, that they're just talking about hockey right now. Like it just didn't feel appropriate in that moment on that yeah, day. Yeah. It was just like, it just seems so irrelevant to everything going on to be talking about a sport, but. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a, a big missed opportunity by the NHL and thank God they decided to postpone games on Thursday and Friday. And I think it's still, it's two nothing now. And this is the first game since the restart. Um, it's, I think it's two nothing Tampa. Um, but there's a platform and the NBA even thought about completely canceling the playoffs. Yeah. I think the Lakers and Clippers voted for that. Although that was allegedly just a poll. That wasn't like a formal vote. vote. It was just like who, just to see if who would be interested in, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it must mean something that two of like, the top team said no. The top team said, "You want to know what? This is bigger than sport. We we can't we can't just go out and play and pretend nothing happened." Yeah, and and now just the the hope now is just that something, you know, that 
positive change does come out of that, that real, you know, steps and action occur because of this, that it's not just, you know, a one night or a two night thing that it actually has, you know, an impact on, you know, changing the way things are done. Um, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. But I'm hopeful that, it, that you know, some real positives do come out of this. Yeah, hopefully. Um, it, it's going to be real interesting to see what, what goes on going forward. I think that the major push now and what I haven't seen the NHL do is a big initiative to, for at least Americans to vote. I know they were talking about using the, the buildings as voter sites. I know the NBA officially did that. So there's, I know, I know, I know Tampa for sure was doing it with their building. They were trying to get approval. I'm sure other teams are looking at it too. Um, The NFL is doing a massive push for that. I think like they're encouraging every single team to register all their players to vote. Um, And the NBA, of course, I think LeBron James has a whole thing with voting. Oh yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard anything from the NHL on it. Yeah, and I think a lot of what the NHL is focused on right now would my my guess at least be, you know, more uh, interior looking at their own culture and grassroots programs. I think they're maybe not ready to look at the the larger picture just yet. I, I think within the next two years, there's going to be a major shift in the NHL. Yeah. That was the other thing I want to talk about before we uh, uh, move on here was uh, – some of the other stuff, the HDA that, that came out about the stuff that they wanted to do. And the one idea that I really liked was the, uh, the like blackout jerseys yeah. that they were going to have. Like that is such an easy thing to execute that can have such a, you know, great impact that is a win-win for everyone. They do it. They do it for, for breast cancer. They do it for they do breast it for cancer, military. military. Uh, um, they do it for um, gay pride. Yeah, they do it the for LGBTQ community. Um, it's so easy. It's so and easy and such a I win. Saw, from what I saw, they reached out to the NHL and they didn't even get a response. Yeah, like they had that. They wanted, you know, the HDA logo on the ice. They wanted, uh, you know, different promos to be run, um, but just nothing so far. But some really cool ideas. Hopefully, um, they'll be implemented because I think that's something we'd all like to see. The, the logo on the ice, I would, I would much rather see Black Lives Matter on the ice than HDA. Yeah, I think. As much as it's important to promote the alliance, you, you also got to just the root of the issue and kind of, yes, the HDA is is going to be an increasingly bigger part of the sport. But at the heart, I mean, the NBA has Black Lives Matter on it. It doesn't have, you know, so. And I also saw a tweet about how all the NHL slogans are, we skate for. Yeah. Why do you have to have we skate for? Why can't you just have Black Lives Matter? I think it was because they wanted, I think, to include, like, frontline workers or we skate for, you know, whatever, right? 
Yeah, I, I think the NHL has a lot of figuring out to do, and I think the HDA is going to be a massive part of that. Yeah. Like, they can even just, like, they've, like, you look at, you're watching the games, right, and you look in the crowd, and it's just the NHL, like, logos there. Like, do something with that. Like, put something there. Very visible. Very, like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but we will we'll end that part of the show there, I guess. We will take a brief uh, ad break to promote one of the other shows on the, the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I believe it is the New York Rangers podcast. They do some great stuff there. Um, so we'll hear from them, and then we'll be back, and we'll talk about some of the series. I'm James. And I'm Andy. And we host the Broadway Boys Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Every Monday we talk New York Rangers, news from around the league, and all aspects of the hockey lifestyle. It's all power play goal! It's never been a better time to be a Rangers fan, so tune in and join us as we break down games, prospects, rumors, and more as we follow the Blue Shirts on their quest towards the Stanley Cup. Our takes are all our own. And not always legally binding. But you're not going to want to miss all the guests, rants, speculation, and the occasional overreaction. He goes to the net. He scores! He scores! The Rangers win! Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and catch new episodes every Monday morning on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more. And this one will last a lifetime! So what are you waiting for? Subscribe, follow, and listen to the Broadway Boys podcast today, and be sure to check out all the exciting content on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, and we're back. Um, so let's break down some of the series so far. Um, overall, Noah, have you been surprised um, by where the series are at right now? Yeah, um, namely... Dallas. Yeah. Very impressive. Really impressive. Even the game they lost. Yeah, come yeah. They came back from a 3-1 deficit. Yeah, I mean Dallas Dallas is no joke. I think we definitely we definitely did not give them enough credit and respect going into this this round. Yeah. The way, the way we hyped Kudobin, up Colorado. has been playing great. Um I I don't know. I don't know what to think of them, though. Like, I don't know. Like, they're they're an interesting team. Like, they have they're definitely not as dynamic as Colorado, uh, for sure. Um, but they got some quality players. They got good depth. Um, their defense. I mean, that's the thing. They're known for their defense, right? And their defensive play. That was you know their calling card this season. But now they're starting to score. Like, that's a very dangerous team and if you look at it, look at the team on paper it should be a very high scoring team it should be you know alexander rajov tyler sagan uh jamie ben joe pavelski uh, rope hands sure rope hands you know rope, i'm a big rope hands fan they they should be producing much more offensively than they are and i think they finally are kind of clicking yeah, and it's it's weird because it's been you know a couple seasons now where they haven't clicked offensively, and like even like even last year like, they go to like the conference finals uh, against St. Louis, they lose in overtime, 
right? Like this is a very good team. Yeah. Um, and but they, they definitely don't get enough credit. To me, they're just they're a very good team. Like they're almost in that like Minnesota category where it's a team that's just like very good but never been like good enough. You know, really in the last like. You I know, think that's kind of an insult saying that they're in the same category as Minnesota. Not not Minnesota now. I'm talking like Minnesota like three or four years ago where there was like St. Louis sig- before they St. Louis yeah. before last year. That's uh, yeah. same category. Just one of those teams that's in that window where they're very good but they haven't been able to take that step. Like Dallas has been in that category for a while. And you know, this might be the start of them coming out of it. Yeah. And and on the other side you have you know, Colorado, who is not, you know, has taken a different path where they're kind of just entering that window now, and they have so many good. The the Philip Grubauer injury in game one really, really hurt them, I think. Just, yeah. And Eric Johnson. You lose two, like, two guys in the first game of the series. Like, no team wants that. And I think that really kind of just caught them off guard. So, but they won game three after the, blowing the lead. Yeah, that was an insane game. Just watch, like, that third period, it was like, oh, they're up. They're down. I couldn't. It was all over the place. Yeah, unfortunately, I fell asleep when it was still, when, when Colorado was up. Because they didn't do the comeback until the third period, and I fell asleep after the second. Um. So I woke up and I saw six four. Yeah. I was like, what? And then I saw that they blew another lead and I was like, come on. That they they got it done. Thank but it's God. just yeah, if I learned anything from the first round, it was that you can't go to sleep if when Dallas is playing. If they're up or they're down, you know, anything can happen with that team. So exactly. Um, but yeah, great series so far. Um the other one out west, also uh, a lot going on there. Vancouver, Vegas. Uh, are you surprised to see this one at one-one? Yeah, Vancouver came out the gates flying in game two. Yeah, they. I think they still got outplayed, especially in that second period. Like Jacob Markstrom had to be very good for them. And he was. Hey, if Markstrom steps up that, and they can win games this way, by all means. Yeah, like, to me, I think a big factor in that was the way Vegas won game one. Like, they embarrassed them. Like, they thoroughly outplayed them in game one. And I think that really got, you know, Vancouver and their guys like, you know, Patterson and Horvat. I think that really motivated them to show up in game two. And obviously having Tyler Toffoli back. Um, was huge for them. Very, very embarrassing. Um, in that game, though, the thing for me was, and I don't think he necessarily let in any bad goals, but Robin Leonard didn't look very settled in that game, in my mind. Do you think Do you think there's any question that he'll be starting next game? I think he. I think he will start next game, but um, I. Um, there's a bit of concern there for me at the moment, you know, if I'm looking at that team. Um, yeah, again, the the goals aren't bad. You know, there's some great goals by Vancouver, but even when he's making saves, they're not, he's not looking in control. And from Pete DeBoer's perspective, this is worst case scenario because he does not want to play Marc-Andre Fleury. 
No. There's no chance he wants to play him. Not because he's not good, just because of the whole Alan Walsh situation. Mm-hmm. If I were in his position, there's no way I'd want to give him. No. But it'll be interesting like, if, you know, next game, if Leonard, if Leonard struggles, they might, they might have to go to Flurry. And fingers crossed for me. I, I want to see Flurry in the series. Um, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting that they need, they need to win next game or else it's going to, yeah. there's going to be a lot of questions. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shaping not to be a good series. Very physical. Um, lots of goals. So it's it's going to be a fun one down the stretch here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll move out east now. Tampa Bay up 2-1 on Boston. They're playing game four right now. Yeah. Um, Boston takes game one. Tampa takes game two. And then game three, Tampa just puts on a clinic against the Bruins, and it's a back-to-back. Um, what are your thoughts on this one and the uh, decision to start Yaroslav Halak in back-to-back games? I mean, it's, it's not the goalie's fault. No. From my perspective, it's not. Whether you play him or the backup, or I guess the third string, because backup is currently starting – I think it makes no change whatsoever. Tampa is just dialed in Boston. Yeah, definitely didn't make a difference in the game. But what did you think of the decision to go with Halak in back-to-back games, knowing that he is primarily a backup, he is a bit older, he doesn't play back-to-back very often? What did you think of that call? Obviously, hindsight, you know, probably would have made a difference, but... Yeah, um, uh, I don't think I don't think they they had a choice. Honestly, Bruce Cassidy, I you got to go with Halak. I think you you look at his track record. Um, he's been good in the playoffs. Oh yeah, playoff Halak. I mean, he's no joke. I, playoff Halak can compete with Carey Price. It, better than price exactly in most people's minds so so i don't think he had a choice and i respect the decision 100 percent. i really don't think it makes a difference considering the fact that tampa's gonna outplay him outplay them no matter what yeah the thing for me i'm watching like we watched this game i you know don't get like that worked up about like you know watching sports even when it's you know the panthers playing not that, you know, but I was like, I genuinely felt bad for Daniel Vlader in that there. Like, I was actually, and I have no stakes in this series, like, obviously Tampa, you know, state rival. But I just genuinely felt bad for the way the Bruins played in front of him. Like, yeah, and you look at, I think the first goal against him was a breakaway. They were just, they were. Tampa put on a clinic and I was just, I was watching and I just felt so bad for him and could not believe that, you know, you have a young guy in there playing his first game and they played that poorly in front of him. Like, yeah, the first, the first goal against him was a breakaway by Brayden Point. Don't quote me on that, but 
Jeffrey Krug's fighting some fighting, I think Tyler Johnson at the other end of the ice. Yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah. So that, that's going on on that one. The second one, it was a breakaway. I think he, whoever it was missed the net comes off the boards and then the back checkers did not pick up. And then, so it's, you know, I get, you know, you're tired. It's, you know, second game, two nights, but I, you just, you got to play for your goalie in that situation. I just felt so bad. Uh, yeah. For, for him. Like I couldn't, 100%. Believe, I couldn't believe that happened, but yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, the game's going on now because we're recording it on Saturday. Um, you're saying it's three, nothing Tampa. Three, nothing Tampa. Nick Ritchie got a five minute major for boarding. I'm pretty sure he's out of the game. Uh, they score once on that power play. Second period just finished. It's not looking good for Boston. I There's no way I think they come back in this game. No, Tampa, Tampa has looked as good as they could in, in this series. Like, they are – they're locked in. They're dialed in. Um, and Boston just looks like they don't they don't have enough. Tampa has basically looked like whoever picked Tampa in the Stanley Cup like favorite race, like wanted them to look. Yeah, they look like how they're supposed to look. Like there's been times the last few seasons where they haven't. You're like this team should be better. That, that they're playing to their potential right now. I think. And. Um, and There's... Zach Bogosian, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, that was a gross just... goal. Of all people, Zach Bogosian to do that. Incredible. And still no sign of Steven Samkos. They're doing all this without their captain. Yeah. Which would be really cool to see them win the Stanley Cup because I don't think it's ever happened for a team without a, camp- a captain wins the Cup. I think you're right. I mean, I'm sure he'd be, you know, he'd come out on the ice, lift the Cup. But... Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, they get him back. Whew. But well, here's the thing though. Twenty fifteen, Chicago. When was Chicago against Tampa in the final? Twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah, it was twenty fifteen. Stamkos comes back for the final, and then they lose. They didn't have him for the rest of the playoffs. And there was also Game Seven between Tampa and. I think Washington or Pittsburgh where Stamkos didn't play all series, came back for game seven, and then they lose game seven. If I'm Tampa, if I'm a Tampa fan, there's not a great record of Stamkos coming back in the playoffs and winning. I mean, I don't want to say I'm hoping that he doesn't come back if I'm a Tampa fan, but I, I wouldn't go against history, you know? Yeah, it'll be – I mean, I'm sure that's just pure coincidence. But, you know, who knows? Who knows for sure. Um, but the last series here in uh, out east, uh, no Islanders Flyers, 1-1. I think we both said seven games for this. I think we both took Islanders in seven. Yeah. I, I believe so. But – And they're playing tonight. Um, no surprise there. I expect it still to be a seven-game series. And the reality is, Philly was not close at all in their first game. No, it was. But in game two, the Islanders were pretty darn close. I think 
the the Islanders they lose game two obviously after coming back, but to me, the Islanders they're not a high scoring team, right? And mm-hmm. to come back like that, and yeah, they still lose. I think that's the type of loss you can really build off of, and you can say, okay, we know now if we're in a game and we're down a couple, we know we can get back in it. We've done it before, right? So, uh, yeah, I think definitely still taking the Islanders in this one. I might even take Islanders in six right now, uh, to be honest. Just, you know, from what I've seen. in, I, I haven't loved what I've seen from Carter Hart this far. I know you think Carter Hart is overrated. Um, I think he's still, you know, he's he's a young up-and-comer. You know, keep in mind, you know, Price almost lost his job to Halak that one time. You know, it happens. So, we'll we'll see. But uh, liking what I've seen from the Islanders so far. Yeah, I definitely think the Islanders have a very, very strong chance of making it to the conference final. But... If Tampa keeps playing, if Tampa, yeah, it's boy, it's gonna have a shot at the cup. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun with their resurrected blue line of Zach Bogosian and Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, Um, it's weird, and Luke Shen too. Yeah, guys just love playing in Tampa. Low taxes, relaxed environment. That's the thing, like, on paper, and just their D doesn't look that good aside from, you know, Hedman and Sergachev. And I guess Shattenkirk, it's fine. But somehow that's that's a good D. Well, I, I never ruled out Shattenkirk and Bogosian. I thought they just had bad seasons. And I, when, you, when you give them lower roles on a good team like that, who knows? Oh, yeah. But I don't think – yeah, I just – I don't think – you know, when you're thinking one of the best teams in the league and they're deploying Luke Shen and Zach Bogosian. Right. Right. Like, you, you don't typically put, you know, two and two together. So. Right. But, uh, yeah, really, really, no, really Tampa. They're, they're looking quite good out there, but we will see. They sure are. Uh, all right, let's move on to some Panther stuff. We have – some news from, you know, some Florida Panthers stuff in the news. Not good news, but in the news. Yeah. Um, allegations that uh, Dale Talon uh, has used some not so good language. What are your thoughts on these allegations, Noah? It's plausible. It's very plausible. Yeah, I mean, there's we have, no, from no, what I can tell, there's no evidence. And he, he's violently de- denying it. Vehemently denies it, but... I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, it's tough at all. It's, it, yeah, we have we know so little at this point. We just know that there's been allegations made. And very believable, to be honest. But regardless, uh, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But not, not a great look for... For, for the I mean, team thank God him. he's he's not with the team anymore, right? Yeah. Like, they, I mean, they, they could have been in this situation and he could have still been under contract. So this yeah. is kind so, of like best-case scenario for the team. Best-case scenario for the team, uh, we'll, you know, we'll have to wait till we know more, but uh, not great. Not great for, for – for... And 
in terms of GM search. Are you? Uh, uh, the, I, I, I'm referring to the Chris Drury news. That he's withdrawn from yeah. Panthers GM hunt. Yeah. Um, I've gotten, I got a report here from uh, account for hockey. Uh, the names among the finalists are Eddie Olchuk, Peter Shirelli, everyone's favorite, uh, Kevin Weeks, and Scott Mellenby. So some interesting names there. Who do you like of that group, if you had to choose? Please, please not Peter Shirelli. God. Peter Shirelli, in terms of, a, you know, building a good did, team. He did good in Boston. You can't forget that. I mean, a lot of guys were there when he got there. Let's not give him too much credit. Right. But in terms of an entertainment factor, <laughs> like, he's probably got to be up there. But in terms of, you know, winning, I, I like, you know, I think I, we – yeah, you go. either Kevin Weeks or uh, Scott Mellenby, I'd love to see step up in the GM role. I think that the fact that he's played for the Panthers and, you know, and not played a couple seasons, like he really played for the Panthers for a while and did very well with the Panthers as a player. Um, I, I think that's definitely going towards him. Um, I wonder if Joel Quenville has a say in this. If Joel Quenville has a say, I imagine Olchuk would yeah. be up there, both Chicago guys. Um, I, I like Kevin Weeks in there, too. Um, he, you know, he's obviously on uh, NHL tonight. He seems like a very, you know, intelligent uh, individual, uh, very detailed. So I think that would be a really interesting uh hire maybe not someone uh who jumps to mind right away but i think he could do a really good job in there yeah i think so too um it's gonna be interesting yeah and and another guy too who has you know played for the panthers mm-hmm. so uh we'll see what happens there um uh, looking ahead at this offseason no we don't know who's gonna be in that gm spot right now but just speaking very broadly, what do you think the Florida Panthers do this offseason with, you know, the UFAs that they have? They have their draft pick. Um, they're likely going to be cutting some money, um, some player salary. What are you looking for this team to do, and how different do you think this roster is going to be in 2020, 2021? Um, I hope they keep Hoffman. That's that would be my priority. Would be keeping Hoffman there. Um, you're talking about a guy who basically is your power play. He's definitely a big part of the power play, shooting off that right uh, um, flank there. And so Danov, I would probably let go unless he was willing to sign on a very team-friendly contract. But Hoffman, Hoffman would definitely be a priority. Um, see if I can move Mike Matheson. Maybe Kyle Dubas wants to take a a floater on him. You never know. Um, I mean, Mike Matheson, you know, he can be your fourth-line winger. He can be a top-pairing D. He's really just the complete package. Um, but I want to see I want to see young guys come up. I want to see Owen Tippett in the roster next year. 
Yeah. Like, I would I would love to see for them to, you know, keep at least one of Hoffman and Dadnov, but I don't think it's very likely with uh, the current financial situation, both for them and just for the rest of the league, too. Like, there's a lot of teams um, that even though the salary cap's staying flat, there's a lot of reports that teams aren't even going to spend close to that if they don't have to. And so I think for the Panthers, you know, really relying on those young guys, I think it's a great opportunity to say, hey, we're going to throw Owen Tippett out there. We're going to throw Borgstrom out there. We're going to throw Hapo Niemi out there. And just see the – he's small, I know. But yeah, just – Bad season in the AHL. Yeah, it's, it's a bad season in the AHL. But it's such a, you know, good – it can be such a good opportunity for these young players. You know, if the Panthers end up, you know, cutting money here or there. Um, and as, you know, much as they'll miss Hoffman, like I think, you know, Tippett can replace some of that. And then I think the focus has got to be on that defense. Yeah. Like if you're going to spend money, I mean, I think there's a lot of changes that need to be made, uh, but it starts at that back end. That defense was brutal. And, you know, as bad as Sergei Bobrovsky was, like it's hard to evaluate a goalie when he's playing behind that defense. Like, yeah, he very clearly wasn't good, but he was probably better than his numbers and everything suggest. Exactly. So, it'll be... I mean, unlike other people, I would not give up on Bobrovsky yet, and I would not... Start, I don't even think you could. I, I would not, you know, go and prioritize drafting a goalie in the, in the draft. I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think I think an interesting option would be, you know, if you're looking at Bobrovsky and you want to maybe shore up the position, you know, you could look at a guy like Anton Godobin as a, you know, fellow Russian. Who I mean, has, yeah, give him another team in the NHL to play for, right? Yeah, he's for sure played for every team in the NHL at this point. Uh, he's going to be expensive, though. He'll be – I don't think he'll be – based on age and based on, you know, he's tried to be a starter in the past, hasn't worked. He's very good at that platoon role. You look at what he's doing with Dallas in the playoffs, and it kind of, it kind of makes you rethink that stance. I don't think it does, to be honest, because I've seen him do it with Boston before and then go to Carolina and not do well. Yeah. And now he's older than that. Like, I think – I don't think you're looking at more than three – like, you're looking at most, I think, at three million for a guy that age. And I, but I don't think you want to pay that for a, for a backup. I don't think you want to go above two. I think it really comes down to just how much you believe in Bobrovsky, but definitely focus on the defense first. That has got to be better. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, we'll talk more about it in coming in upcoming episodes. Um, I think next week we're going to do uh, a mailbag episode, maybe get some questions in, and then maybe even have our cap expert Jacob Barker on. Yeah, I, we should we should re, I'll reach out to him see if he uh, wants to come on the podcast. Maybe we'll even get local Leaf fan Jared Shea on the podcast, former host of the Blue Line Boys podcast. Um, but before we go, Noah, uh, at the start of this podcast, when we started out like a year ago, we used to do like fun games at the end, and we kind of stopped doing that on account of we just ran out of creativity, I guess. But your quizzes were way too hard. How was I supposed the quizzes, to know that stuff? The quizzes were incredibly easy and incredibly embarrassing. You didn't know more stuff about Florida and the Panthers. But that's okay. That's okay. 
So today we're introducing, um, we'll call it maybe it'd be a semi-regular segment. Um, we're going to call it who said it, or I read you a quote from someone in the hockey world and you have to guess who said it. And if you need hints, I have some hints here. Um, the first one we got today, I think is incredibly easy. Um, so you should get it. You'll definitely get it with the hints, but, um, so the quote today is I will personally challenge anyone who wants to get rid of fighting to a fight. Who said it? This is, is this like current players or someone from the hockey world said, and I'm, I'm not, the hints come later. I will personally challenge anyone who wants to get rid of fighting to a fight. I definitely feel like I should know this. I just don't. Now, if you take a guess, and then I'll give you a hint, and then every wrong guess, I'll give you another hint. I will personally challenge anyone who wants to get rid of fighting to a fight. Uh, I have no idea. Throw out a guess. I'm trying to think of like X fighters. We'll just throw it in there. Um, and I need like the Jeopardy music to play. Yeah, Chris Nyland. Not terrible guess. Yeah. Um, your first hint: this individual attended Providence College. Providence. George Peros. That's your second guess. It's yeah, I think I think I think he Paris. did. I think he definitely went to Providence. It's wrong though. It's not George Paris. Yeah. All right, your next hint. It is not a current or former player. Ooh, not a current current or former NHL player, who said, "I will personally challenge anyone who wants to get rid of fighting to a fight." End quote. I don't know, Brian Burke. That's correct. I didn't even know he went to Providence. <laughs> he went to Providence and he went to Harvard Law. Damn. Fun facts. Wow, I'm, so, I'm impressed you got that off that hint. Yeah, but yes, was... but yes at, when there was discussion about getting rid of fighting in hockey, he said, while he was GM of the Leafs, I will personally challenge anyone who wants to get rid of fighting to a fight. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you think about it, it does sound like something Brian Burke would say. Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, but yeah, that was I'm impressive, man. I'm trying to think. I don't know if George Paris went to Providence. I want to say he definitely went to Providence. He definitely went to a decent, like a surprise, or Princeton. I think he went to Princeton. Yeah, I, yeah it's Princeton. It's very close. It's close. It's close. close. He's, he's head of player safety right now. It didn't make any sense that he would say that. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make any sense at all. But, uh, yeah, I guess that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone tuning in. We'll be back next week with a new episode, hopefully with some questions from you guys. If not, we'll figure something else out. And we will see you all then.
going to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top.